Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right, welcome to the show. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 474 of the podcast. Okay, let me get this one out of the way before we even dive in to last night's game. The Knicks are not getting Kyrie Irving, nor should they. Um, let's just Let's just get that one out of the way. I want nothing to do with that guy. Um, so earlier today, uh, it was reported by Shams that Irving is unhappy in, in, in uh, Brooklyn and he wants out. And if they do not move him by the ninth, which is the deadline, then he's going to leave in free agency. First off, can I say like, it's funny because the Nets have been an absolute joke complete joke despite all the unwarranted love from the media these past several years like I feel like they still have no championships to show during this era where they've assembled this new team instead they have three superstars now who have requested a trade they've got this guy Simmons who refuses to play basketball year after year. They got, you know, their own head coach got fired because their players didn't think they needed him. He gets fired. The new one comes in. It's not the guy from the Celtics. It's this this dude Vaughn, and he actually does very well. And things are pretty quiet. But now Kyrie wants out. They were playing well, and now he wants out. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, if this was the Knicks, it would be a media hellfire. And it's it's blowing up a little bit. But the Knicks would be getting so much crap. Like, you ever watch ESPN or Inside the NBA on TNT? They don't get enough respect as it is right now, the Knicks. I just can't imagine if the Knicks were to do something like that. If they were to give away all their assets and their young promising players and it didn't work out like it didn't with the Nets... And I say didn't because it's done for them. The Knicks will be getting ripped. But yeah, Kyrie Irving is just toxic. um, And I want no part of his garbage. You know, it started back in Cleveland, right? He asks out of Cleveland after winning a championship with them because he wants to be the number one guy. All right, whatever. But then he goes to Boston. And after guaranteeing the fan base to their faces... With the mic in his hands, in the middle of the court, 
of the fake garden, says, I'm going to stay here forever. Months later, he leaves. He wanted out. Comes to the Nets, and it's just a saga. Sits out a bunch of games with injury. Um, if it's not injury, it's suspension. You've got the vaccine thing going on. Uh, the flat earth comments. You know, he's just trying to be this, you know, this black figure with his comments about black athletes needing a separate league and how the bubble in 2020 was racism. It, he's got the Holocaust comments going on. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm sure there are a lot of other things that I'm not even thinking of off the top of my head, but he wants out now. And, you know, maybe he's trying to get more money because, you know, his $140 million contract isn't enough. He's due for a new one in the summer, obviously. But, I mean, what a joke of a contract this was. $140 million for four years. And during that span, you've so far played in 49% of the available games. 49% 49% of his games he's played in since signing the deal. He's a part-time player. That's the definite A part-time player with full-time baggage. No thank you. It's the Lakers, I think Dallas and Phoenix, who are reportedly in the mix. And I think Miami might also make an attempt. Watch it come full circle. He'll go back to L.A. with LeBron. Westbrook will go to uh, Brooklyn with Durant. <laughs> But it's it, the whole thing. Yeah, I just I thought it was hilarious. Not shocking, but hilarious. You know, he has been way too good lately. He's been on he's been on his best behavior, but now he wants out, and he wants out by February 9th. And if not, he says he's leaving in the summer. And they're speaking your mind, but there's also doing it for no reason. Like there, like no, you could have an opinion on the Holocaust and on on you know black athletes and on on the vaccine. You could have all those opinions. But you know, like other NBA athletes may have controversial opinions, but they're not randomly sharing it. Like they know on social, like they're smart about it. You gotta know the NBA is a very liberal league. You know, it's not like the UFC where you can go up there talking like Sean Strickland. You gotta be aware of your surroundings sometimes. You know, there, there's the part of that is is being a leader and knowing what not to say and what to say. And it has nothing to do with basketball, so you should probably keep your mouth shut. I don't know. I don't want anything to do with them. I just want to get that out of the way before you start hearing Knicks fans advocating for the team to trade the the entire farm for Kyrie Irving. Let's talk about this last uh, this game last night. 106-104. The Knicks picked up the win. Um, yeah, it was a good one. A lot going on in this game. Um, but it was, for one, it was a huge win. One game is a whole lot different than three. You know, the Knicks were on a skid. I did not feel comfortable heading into this game. It's, it's usually a matchup that I hate. Knicks heat. They always get the best of us. They're just, some teams are a bad matchup for you. Um, especially that, you know, being that we were without Jalen Brunson last night. Oh, he had the last minute scratch with the illness but they pulled it off they pulled off a very sloppy but impressive win last night at the garden um again still one game back from the all-important sixth seed and you know they've got a tough back-to-back coming up this weekend but last night was a good one 
So we're going to take the wins day by day as they come. Uh, got off to a very slow start. The very uh, the, the first half was very physical, very slow paced. 21 total fouls. The Knicks were shooting poorly. There was no tempo to their offense. Uh, but you get the 10-2 run towards the end of the half. Led by mainly Randall. It's 51-48 Knicks after two. Second half was much more of a modern game, a lot faster. You had just half the amount of fouls in the final two periods of play. Uh, the third quarter specifically was this crazy roller coaster. I mean, the fourth was pretty nuts too. But the Knicks come out the gate strong in the third. They go on this 11-0 run right away, led by RJ and Randall. RJ's getting into the paint. Randall's working the jumper a little bit. Suddenly, it's a 14-point Nick lead, the largest lead of the game. Then, you get the big turnaround, where the Heat counter. They answer back, and they go on this massive 21-4 run. They're moving the ball. The Knicks are a step slow. That's always a bad recipe when you combine that. On the other end for the Knicks, they, you know, they get some ugly turnovers from Randall, a couple other guys. It's suddenly a three-point Heat lead. But then the Knicks storm back towards the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter. You get top and knocking down a three-point ball, puts them up eight points. And then it's just chaos from there. A lot of broken plays, um, very key stops, key buckets. You had R.J. Barrett, 30 points on the night, stepping up down the stretch without Brunson. Nine points in the fourth quarter, shot four for five. And just like that, the Knicks win 106-104 to 104 at Madison Square Garden last night. But this was one of those games where you're watching the Knicks play in crunch time and you're thinking, you know, if Jalen Brunson were here, it would probably be a lot smoother. Uh, just because of his basketball IQ. Like, there were just a whole lot of stupid moments on the Knicks' side, causing unnecessary stress for me. Um, first, like, not guarding the three-point line. Twice at the end. You had, uh, what's the kid's name? Struess. Popping to the top off those two pin-downs from Butler and Adebayo. Knocks down a three to make it a two-point game with two seconds left. Then you had at the, uh, at the very end, where... RJ and Randall barely get to the corner in time to close out and contest Tyler Hero's potential game winner. I thought that was going in. I think every Knicks fan knew that was going in. Like, thankfully it didn't. Um, RJ was getting, you know, he was late getting around a few screens too in that second half. A couple times. Uh, but secondly, obviously the ATO offense terrible and once again it's it's specifically the inbounding a second night in a row um, also twice we had with 56 seconds left the Knicks were up three points RJ Barrett inbounds to Randall or he attempts to uh, but you have a much taller Bam Adebayo on Julius and he snags it it results in a steal a fast break um, and he eventually gets two points from the free throw line. 
RJ also threw it away following that one defensive possession with 16 seconds left. It was just ugly. He had a couple bad turnovers. But then, of course, the second inbound mistake was with two seconds left in the game. The Knicks were up two points. And this was one that led to that Tyler Hero opportunity in the corner. Um, it was it was the Grimes Randall incident, um, and maybe that's why, you know, with with the two inbound plays last night, you saw maybe that's why Tibbs wanted Jalen Brunson throwing the inbound pass the other night because he can't really trust anybody else to get the ball out cleanly. But there's also a side of me that says, well, he is a Derrick Rose guy. And Rose has a high basketball IQ. So if that was the case, he would just use him in these spots. So I don't know. Nonetheless, it was rough. Um, And, you know, whether it's turnovers, five-second violations, not getting a shot up, basic ISO and a half-court set. We've seen this happen a lot where Thibodeau's ATO offense flops but especially off the inbound. We've got to fix that. And that second inbound, it looked to me like a stack play, like the Knicks were running some stack offense, which you don't see that much past high school hoops. <laughs> it, looked, it's, it looked a little like a variation of a stack offense because usually you'll have your, your guys line up, but then your five, you'll have your five roll to the basket but instead, the Knicks had their guys line up, and then they were just they, they popped in four different directions across the full court. It was definitely unique, um, and and I don't know if that was something Thibodeau drew up initially or he changed it last second. But it was maybe the guys thought of it on the court. I don't know. It was unique. Um, didn't exactly work though, because Grimes throws a tough pass to Julius, who loses balance and he falls down. And, you know, initially called a foul, but overturned and, and called a turnover. Not even a jump ball. And um, it was just wild. It was wild. <laughs> and it looked like Grimes was determined to give it to Julius there. So I don't know if, if you know, that was like a specific set designed. But Ugly. But, yeah, we, we just have to do a better job read and react. And it's just, it's hard to watch. And, and hopefully um, Brunson is good to go because that probably doesn't happen with him on the floor. Uh, now, overall, the offense wasn't great to hit statistically. Only scored 106. Some good, some bad. I think the 17 total turnovers was was tough. Very uncharacteristic. Between Randall, RJ, and Hartenstein, you had 15. Randall with 7. Barrett with 5, and Hartenstein with 3. And a lot of that came with the Knicks, of course, struggling to bust that zone. Spolstra runs a very unique defense. He... Mixes in zone with man-to-man and will also throw a lot of traps. And I believe that led to a lot of turnovers. 
A lot of confusion. Uh, a lot of confu- confusion. A lot of over dribbling. You know, you saw Hartenstein trapped off an entry pass in the second quarter. That led to a turnover. RJ charging into a defender late second quarter, making a bad pass out of bounds out of a double team in this game. Uh, second half, you know, Deuce McBride was forced into a turnover where they trapped him off a baseline drive. Um, so a lot of you know forcing the issue last night with the way Miami was defending um, even before those final sequences in late fourth quarter. Uh, but there was some good. I thought the shooting, like the scoring, they did fine in the opportunities they got. When they didn't turn the ball over, they did a nice job cashing through with a basket. They shot 48%. 33% on threes and 78% at the foul line. Six guys on the team were over 40%. They won the glass by 11 rebounds. They won the paint by 16 points. They were plus three in second chance points. So it was very Knicks-like in the way they ran offense. You know, emphasizing two feet into the paint. Emphasizing crashing the offensive glass. But the difference was last night they didn't really take too too good care of the ball. Although they did move it more. So the more volume of passes you have, it'll probably lead to more turnovers. And they did have 25 assists on their 40 makes, which is 63%. That's an above average number. So there were moments last night, even late, where you liked the way the ball was moving, especially with R.J. Barrett taking on that lead ball handler role late. The Knicks had eight assists in the fourth quarter on 12 mix. Six six of the eight guys in the fourth quarter recorded, slurring over my words tonight, at least one assist. So there were times where it would look good. R.J. was a big reason for that too. He was. You had that one possession with less than two minutes left and the Knicks a chance for some breathing room. RJ's in post up. He's doubled, kicks it down to Randall in the dunker spot, who then swings it to Grimes, who's spotting up weak side. The shot falls and it's one hundred to ninety five Knicks. Good ball movement. Um I always like the ball movement where the ball doesn't touch the floor. With forty seconds to play, the Knicks were up one oh two, one oh one. Miami throws another trap on RJ up top. He spins out of it, finds Grimes, who slides over after screening, and then Grimes takes one dribble. He's on the fly, times his signature dump-off pass down to Hartenstein, who's cutting from the short corner. Knicks get the bucket. The hockey assist goes to RJ. Then you have the big steal at the end on that broken play by Hartenstein, who chases down the loose ball on the other side of the half court. Um... And he hits up Grimes, who then finds a cutting Randall for the big cap off. But, yeah, there were some good moments for sure. You know? And, again, you know, we mentioned recently that these are good experiences for the Knicks to go through. The highs and the lows of crunch time basketball. They've gone through a lot of them. You know, and they've came out on the winning side and losing side evenly, right? But, um, yeah, I, I think that could definitely help them down the stretch and, you know, in the playoff hunt. Um, and also, if we make the playoffs, it'll help us there. Um, so, offensively, 
not as bad as it could have been. Uh, and I want to talk about the defense when we get back from break. Stay with us. Give you 30 seconds. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 474 of the podcast. Defensively, obviously, the Knicks got it done as a whole. They held Miami to 104, although they're not the greatest offense. Um, Bam Adebayo did get his 32-9. and Um, I mean, he absolutely killed Jericho and Hartenstein last night pick and pop game with Hero Uh, he was you know going to that smooth turnaround jumper pretty often attacking off the dribble he's got good ball skills for a big running the floor down the middle on the fast break he was showing it displaying his bag I thought especially since there was no Mitch Robinson that the Knicks should have been doubling him and when I say double I'm not talking about that quasi-double either. You know, the closest they really came to doubling was having someone like quickly stunt over real quick and then recover back to his man. Nobody really fully committed to a hard double. Fournier a few times, he was half in, half out. Randall, even with RJ on on Adebayo and a few mismatches late, still no true double team. Clyde was getting frustrated with it. Um... And again, that, that's the way we, we run defense, right? The help defense, it's why we allow, to, allow a lot of three-point attempts. Because Nick defenders take two and a half, three steps towards the basket off the corners just in case guys need to stunt the dribble drive. You know? So uh, I thought we should have committed a little more to, to Bam Adebayo to slow him down. Uh, I, I did think we held Jimmy Butler in check very well. He only scored 10 points on 13 shots. Grimes did nice. He was holding his own down on the post. Forced Butler into some tough jumpers. Um, but yeah, overall, the defense was good. I was satisfied with it. Um, and that's that. Um, I guess we'll get into some individual performances. Uh, I got to hand out the game ball to R.J. Barrett because I thought he deserved it last night. R.J. Barrett gets the bing bong ball last night. Bing bong. Yeah. Sorry, I almost crashed there. I had to fix the screen. Um, thirty points, eight rebounds, four assists, thirteen to twenty-three shooting. Oh, five from three and five turnovers. I thought he did a nice job answering back from his benching the other night. Again, I have no clue as to why Knicks fans were upset with that. RJ was very flat. He wasn't great on either end. While Quickly, who replaced RJ down the stretch, was hot and was going on both ends of the floor. This was versus uh, against the Lakers earlier this week. But again, I think some of us just like to get upset 
for the sake of needing something to get upset about when it comes to Thibodeau. So that was the narrative the other night. Um, but I thought he did a nice job answering back nonetheless and responding as he usually can when he deals with adversity. Uh, and I'm sure he was at the post game last night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, RJ, you know, big second half after a slower first half. Second half, he scores 20 points, 9 out of 12 shooting. Um, almost half of those, again, came in the fourth. He was attacking the paint very nicely, continues to do so. Was miserable from the arc, but 13 of 18 inside the arc last night. That's 72%. Crafty finishes. He had that one spin move where he ISO'd Hero and finished. That was just a sick move. I kept watching that over and over. Um, you know, the bully ball showing great touchdown there. The Knicks started running offense through him in the second half when he was getting downhill. And I was very happy to see that. Um, on the season, RJ is now... A tick under 60% at the hoop. Which, for a wing like him, it's not that good. But it's not that bad. You know, it's a career high though, for sure. Uh, Year to year, RJ usually hovers around 53-54% at the rim. Which is obviously not good. This year he's currently a tad, like, 59.4%. So he's just under 60. Um... I thought he was good, man. Obviously, he's got to be better with the decision-making down the stretch. Uh, the two turnovers were just terrible timing. Stupid mistakes can't happen. Um, but I did like his decision-making for the first three quarters. I thought he made some good rim reads on the, rim reads on the fly, and I thought he be, he read the doubles coming pretty well. He, he finished with four assists. Um, so I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I thought quickly... Emmanuel quickly last night stepping into the starter's role. I thought he looked pretty okay. Um, 8.6 rebounds, 4 assists, a turnover, 2 of 5 shooting from 3. Kind of took a step back in the offense and let the other guys operate. Usually when he gets that starting point guard role, we've seen him you know, more involved and not afraid to shoot. Uh, still, he gave, you, he gave you some scoring, but I also like that he kept rebounding and he kept playing point of attack defense and off-ball defense as well in the pass lanes, just using that wingspan. Very smart defender, always communicating. He's always fun to watch go and pursue rebounds. A few times last night where he positioned himself in front of Butler, Bam Adebayo, to grab a rebound off the defensive glass. I liked seeing that. Um, so it was good to see him step into the starting role and continue to play well. Um, and then the bench unit overall, I thought they stepped up. Ben Sheeta played well. Uh, you know, they were rolling in that fourth quarter. They had a rhythm. Thibodeau saw it, and he handed them some more minutes. Of course, nobody's going to mention that, but I will. You know, I know a coach is supposed to make adjustments and do his job, but to a degree, you've also got to give him some credit because if we so often criticize him, it only makes sense and it's only fair. You know, Hartenstein played the entire fourth, and the other guys, Deuce, Evan, who I never want to see play again, and Obi Toppin played at least five minutes of that fourth quarter. Deuce was 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 good. Timely shots last night. Played very aggressively as the lead guard of the second unit since IQ stepped up into the starting role. Eight points on three of three shooting. Couple ones uh, in the fourth quarter. Obi also hitting key baskets in the fourth. He had some three-pointers. Nice finish on a leak out, but also that beautiful turnaround jumper near the nail in the fourth quarter. Nice move there. 
Um, and then we get to Isaiah Hartenstein. I'm going to give Isaiah uh, a game ball. Bing bang. I thought he played well off the bench. Last night, eight points, ten boards, three steals, and assist. Uh, he definitely got cooked by Adebayo. Um, you know, missed a few more bunnies at the rim, which is his specialty. Um, missing at the rim. Uh, rushed a few passes, but he did play the pass lanes well. Uh, he did rebound some putbacks, and since he's a pretty big body, he was able to help contest the rim a little bit, at least last night. You know, it's it's when he's got to start guarding up in space where I really worry, but last night you didn't see a ton of that. Um, and Adebayo's a tough cover anyway. But, yeah, as a whole, a solid game from the second unit and a solid win overall, man. A solid win overall, and that's it. That's it. So we got a back-to-back up next. It's um, the Clippers tomorrow night, the Sixers on Sunday night. If we can split those games, I will accept it. Obviously, the Clippers game is the one I feel like we should take. The Sixers always beat us, and I'm just not afraid of the Clippers. I feel like no one is. You don't ever hear about Kawhi and PG anymore. They're never playing, and if they do... I still feel like it's a winnable game. So that's next. And the Knicks got to focus on on uh, trying to get that number six seed back. They're now one back. I don't know if Miami plays tonight, but we will check as soon as we wrap this up. And we'll do that right now. Let's go to our final break, get back. We'll wrap this up with our parlay and trivia. Stay with us. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 474, episode 474 of the podcast. Let's wrap this up. Let's get to our parlay. And then we'll get to our trivia after that. Let's go to our parlay. All right, welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I hit, no, if I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's big parlay, uh, well, this was actually last night during the Knicks game. I won this parlay. I won it. I had a, initially it was a five-pick parlay for plus 115 odds, 
But again, the late scratch to Jalen Brunson voided that pick. Uh, but I still went four for four. Um, and got the alternate over of 205.5 in that Knicks Heat game. That cashed, as did the Randall 30 plus points, rebounds, and assists. Barrett 20 plus points, rebounds, and assists. And Grimes to knock down at least one triple. Um, again, it ended up being like negative odds because of the Brunson injury, but still, a win is a win. You'll take it. And I win this parlay, and I have not been winning many parlays of late. So it was nice to get back on the track. And. We have cashed in. So, with that said, let's wrap this up with our trivia. And that'll be that. All right. So, for this episode, episode 474 of the podcast, our NYYNYK MMA trivia question of the day is... Which Nick led the team in total points during the 1973 NBA Finals? Which Nick led the team in total points during the 1973 NBA Finals? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. One final time, which Nick led the team in total points during the 1973 NBA Finals? And that's it. I'm going to go watch The Wire. I started watching that series. I heard it's the best television show of all time from many people. So I'm going to see if it lives up to that hype and and if I enjoy it more than I did Breaking Bad. Because I think Breaking Bad and Sopranos are like 1A and 1B with me. Um, Let's see if The Wire can can get to that tier. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm like uh, maybe five episodes into the first season. And I've tried this show a bunch of times. This time I'm sticking with it for once. So, and I am enjoying it. I'm trying to focus more and, you know, actually pay more attention. Guys, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next show. Episode 474. That's a wrap. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.